Hey everyone, welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm Ellie Hope Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. Today on this series of motherhood, we are sharing stories of pregnancy loss and miscarriage. This is not an experience that I have personally, but I know many people that have walked through pregnancy loss and miscarriage, and you will hear from four women who have experienced this. I'm going to be interviewing my mom, Jill Herringshaw, and then I asked people to submit stories of their own experiences. And so we're going to be sharing the stories of Taylor, of Jess, and of Carissa. These are women who have found the Lord in the midst of their pain, but also really struggled and have gone through a lot in um, losing their children and child. So I do hope that in hearing these stories, you'll find hope in your situation, whether you've gone through this or if you've gone through something else. Man, there's just a lot of similarities with what we go through and the challenges that we face in life are hard. There is hope in the midst of it. I want to thank the women who submitted their stories for this podcast episode and I want to thank my mom. Listen, God doesn't cause these things to happen, but he's so faithful to use them for our good. And so if you are in a situation right now where you're unable to see the good, that's okay. It's going to come. You can sit in the pain. You can sit in it and be sad. (laughs) You know, go through the seasons and the stages of grief. But... I do hope that even in hearing these stories from these women, whether they have found their breakthrough or not, they are experiencing the hope in Jesus right now. And I hope that you can find a similar hope. Enjoy this episode. Hey mom, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, honey. But mom, I'm excited that you're here because... This is a this is a really heavy topic. This is something mm-hmm. that that so many women experience. I mean, it's like one in four pregnancies mm-hmm. end in end in miscarriage or stillbirth, which is tragic. Yeah, it's so Painful. many. It's so many. I have That's not tough. personally experienced miscarriage, and um, but it's something that was very much a part of our family narrative. This is a topic I definitely wanted to cover in this podcast series, and um, I'm really happy that you're back on to talk to me about it. Thank you, honey. How ironic that here we are talking about miscarriage and that you wouldn't be here had I not had one. You definitely, you know, wouldn't have been possible for you to be here. Right. So. And that's that's a part of the story. Like, that was always kind of a part of the narrative. I used to say that the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy mm-hmm. and that God can bless in any way you know like yeah. so we had a baby taken from us mm-hmm. that was not God's will no two babies but I'm um but then I was I would always say you know look what God did yeah and and it has nothing to do with saying like that like Michael replaced no, that baby no. or, or you replaced the the other baby we lost mm-hmm. at all it's just to say that um he does work things out really hard mm-hmm. hard things out he does yeah. work them out for good and i mean let's just skip to the end of the story here right but the end of the story for me is that i'm going to meet these people in heaven hi my name is taylor berg and i'm going to share my experience with pregnancy loss My husband Daniel and I found out that we were surprise pregnant. Um, We were expecting this past May, May 2021, just about two weeks before our big one-year wedding celebration. And we had gotten married the year before during COVID and had a really small special wedding gathering, but we were preparing for a larger celebration. Um, So it was a surprise, a welcomed one, but very much a surprise that brought a little bit of terror and excitement all at the same time. Um, but honestly, I don't even know why, why I took the pregnancy test, but I did. Um, and I was pregnant. So I'm going to start with the joy because if I've learned anything, joy and grief can coexist in this process. Um, it's been one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn and hold space for, but one of the most powerful things all at the same time. So starting with the joy, um, I ran to Target quickly to grab more pregnancy tests while my husband was in a meeting still for work and also grabbed some onesies because I thought this might be real and I want to think of a cute way to to tell him. And so I grabbed a pack of onesies, I put the pregnancy test in the pack, and then I showed it to him. 
And he was instantly overjoyed. So excited. Um, so excited to be a dad. Um, I think his exact words were, we're going to have a baby and just, you know, tears, joy, all of it. Um, it was really special for us. And I still get a lot of joy when I think back on that memory. Um, that said, we were preparing to leave each other for a guys and girls weekend leading up to our one year wedding. And so we had about 40 minutes to figure out this new life we were living, knowing that we were pregnant and what we were going to do. And, um, headed to my girls weekend. We were going to go to a winery, figured out pretty quickly that there's probably no way to hide this from eight of my close girlfriends and sister, um, and sister-in-laws. So we decided that I would tell them and my husband was going to tell a few of his guys, but not everyone. And so that was what we did. And about two hours into the car ride, I just blurted it out to two of my girlfriends. I'm pregnant. They were super excited. Um, And honestly, it just felt right for me to tell people super early, even though, um, you know, we found out basically right away. My whole life, my whole world had been flipped on its head when we found out that we were pregnant. And honestly, I couldn't think about anything else. And I wanted to share. And so I shared with all the girls and the girls weekend pretty quickly turned into not just a one year wedding celebration, but also a celebration for our new baby and this new life. And that was really special. Um, it was also Mother's Day that Sunday, which just brought like a whole nother element of joy, but also a little bit of overwhelm when I hadn't even had time to process this on my own before being with a group all weekend, process things with my husband. Um, it was just a lot. It wasn't bad and (laughs) it wasn't all good. It was just a lot. Um, And so really, I just couldn't wait to get home to see my husband, um, to process things together. And so when we got back on Mother's Day, I took photos for Mother's Day because I was like, this is my first Mother's Day. I want to take photos, Um, which looking back, I made it a little bit more stressful than it needed to be. But we did that and we decided to tell our parents on Mother's Day. My parents were becoming grandparents for the first time. So we printed out a little sign that said, promoted to grandparents. Um, there was just so much joy, just so much joy. Um, and I still get joy thinking about it. So that happened and we got spit into a work week and all of a sudden I found myself researching all things baby. Um, I found myself with a lot of anxiety that I just couldn't shake. And I did almost everything I knew in my toolkit to shake it, but I was just having a really hard time calming down. About midweek, I noticed all of a sudden that my pregnancy symptoms were gone and I instantly got super worried. I drove to Target. I got my pregnancy tests. They confirmed that I was still pregnant. So I tried to calm down. Um, My husband was reassuring me that everything was okay. And, you know, I just, I tried to believe that. um, Not knowing obviously what was coming ahead. And then that Friday, Early in the morning, I was going to the bathroom and I noticed just some light spotting. And so I pretty quickly tried to Google, tried to come up with any logical reason for why that might be happening. But deep down in my gut, I knew something was wrong. But you know, logically, you don't want to believe that and you don't want to think that. And so I just kind of went on with my day, went on with my plans. Um, And unfortunately, there was a lot more bleeding a couple of hours later and I told my husband pretty panicked and he called the doctor and we drove in immediately. They set us up for an ultrasound um, and got us in right away. The ultrasound tech um, really was not a safe person to be around in this situation. Um, I was bawling as I bled out on the table and my husband was holding my hand and You know, she just didn't have some super kind things to say um, that made it really hard. Um, Our doctor following that assured me that, you know, it wasn't my fault and all these different things, but I couldn't help but wonder what I had done wrong, um, what I could have done differently. Um, And that was super hard. It was really, really hard. Um, So enter the hardest season of my life to date. Um, these past nine months have been 
the hardest of my entire life, the most humbling of my entire life. Um, and they've really brought me to my knees. I don't think anything or anyone can really prepare you for losing your first child. The roller coaster of emotion, of joy, and then sudden grief. Um, but I've learned a lot. Um, and one of the things that I've learned is to be kind to myself. God is not on a timeline with my grief, and I don't want to be either. And so I've just been working really hard to give myself space to feel what I need to feel, even though sometimes that feels like a setback, and sometimes I don't want to be feeling sad again. Um, I just really believe and have learned that to release things, you need to let yourself feel them. And every time you come to the lake, my counselor calls grief a lake, Every time you come to the lake and feel something, the lake gets smaller. Sometimes you might be able to dip your toes in and that's all you can handle. Other times you might get pulled in by the grief, by a wave. Or you might dip in and dip out really quick, but each time that you show up and be present to it, it gets smaller. And I knew that I had a choice to surrender to it or to fight it. Um, and if I fought it, I knew it would show up in other ways later. And I just really wanted to surrender to the process and continue to surrender to it. It took me about nine months to get through all five stages of grief. And looking back, I really went through all of them, starting with denial. Um, you know, sometimes I was in denial that I was ever pregnant and I would have to go look at the pregnancy test to remind myself that she was real. And other times I was in denial that maybe I wasn't still pregnant. Um, it doesn't sound logical, but I'd be thinking like, maybe maybe there's some way somehow that she's still alive inside of me three months later after we lost her. So I just finally feel like I'm getting to acceptance, but I know that the grief isn't gone. Um, grief is not linear. I learned that. <laughs> grief is like a roller coaster with no destination. Um, and it comes in waves. And that's okay. And I'm not the same person or wife or um, woman that I was before our daughter. Um, I'm a mom now. My husband's a dad. Um, and I'm learning how to navigate motherhood without a child. And that has been excruciatingly hard. Um, harder than I could have ever imagined. Um, but God's been really near through it all. And so patient and loving and kind through the process. One of the first things I did when I found out that we had lost our baby was go looking for a podcast for someone else, some other woman's experience, because I just had no idea what to expect. I didn't know how to feel. Um, I didn't know if my feelings were valid. I was just really overwhelmed and lost. Um, and I did find another woman's story, and I'm so grateful that she shared. I felt so seen and heard and understood. Um, but, you know, some of the things I wish I knew um, ahead of time, I didn't know that I would bleed for a week. I didn't know that, you know, I thought I would bleed in one day and that would be like the day of grief and kind of the day of thinking about her death. But it continued for a solid week. Um, thankfully, I asked for time off work and they were super understanding and, and gave me as much time as I needed. So I took a few days to grieve. Um, and during that time, Everything that didn't matter was put into um, perspective, put in um, to priority rank order, and everything else fell away. And my husband and I honestly had never felt so in love with each other because we knew what mattered. And, you know, the upcoming wedding celebration was not one of those things. And honestly, celebrating when I was going through hell on earth felt like the last thing I wanted to do. I wish I knew how wild my hormones were going to be for the next few months um, and how to support those. And so, yeah, there was just a whole wave of depression and emotions and grief that I had never experienced before. And some of that was related to grief. We lost a child and that is, that is valid. And some of it was my hormones. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and I learned a lot about how to eat to support them, to heal and different things like that. Um, but I just didn't know that that would be a result of losing our first child. I also found 
that the term miscarriage just really didn't fit my husband and I. Um, pregnancy loss felt a lot more comforting and just felt a lot more right to us. To me, the word miscarriage just really, it felt like it was saying that I ill carried our baby or that I had done something wrong and the word just really stung. And so pregnancy loss landed for us and just felt right. Um, so that's what we choose to use and feel free to use whatever language is right for you. The last thing I want to share that I've learned is that no woman's or man's story with this is the same. You might find similarities, but create space for yourself to feel however you need to feel. Don't compare your story to anyone else's. Create space for what you need to feel and be so kind to yourself. Because there's not a playbook and there's not a roadmap. And pregnancy loss, for me, has been one of the hardest things. Has been the hardest thing I have walked through so far. And for the first time in my life, I walked through something that I truly, truly didn't know if I'd be able to come out on the other side of. And that was horrifying. But I continued to remember God's faithfulness and that he's brought me through things before and that he would bring me through this. But that didn't make it easy. We named our daughter Iris Joy. And I just want to share this because we were only five and a half, potentially six weeks along. So we didn't know the gender, but it was really important to me that we give our baby an identity, a name. And we named her Iris um, after the irises that bloom in our front yard each May. And joy, because the joy um, can't be canceled out by the grief. We landed on her being a baby girl through my intuition and by praying and asking Holy Spirit. And that's just what, what felt right to me. So I just want to encourage you to do what's right for you. We had a funeral. Um, we buried some tissue with blood on it and sang songs to her and read her letters that we had wrote. Um, my husband took me on the highway so I could just scream at the top of my lungs to let out some of the grief. Um, but it's a day by day process and, you know, I'm not going to get past it because she's a part of me and will always be a part of me. And I'm so glad to be her mom. So for you, what were some ways that you chose to remember these babies and and helped you grieve yeah thank you um well first of all I would say that somewhere in my reading after the especially our second miscarriage I stumbled on the idea of writing a poem or Mm -hmm. you know painting something or whatever that would commemorate the individual that we lost and I decided to write a song and I did that it was very helpful very Mm. um, cathartic for me and I just wrote it from the perspective of all the things I had looked forward to with that little baby Mm. all the things we would have said all the things we would have done yeah all this all the you know the things I would have heard the whispers in my ear from Mm -hmm. this little one and all of those things Mm. that um evaded me yeah that just were no longer a possibility in this world with this child um and it just helped me so much I Mm. called it a a better place and it just the song just looks forward to a time when I'm going to recognize that little baby Mm. and and as as a gift from God and have the opportunity to be in relationship and that is real for me I mean not just for me (laughs) I believe it is real yes yes I believe it with all my heart so so yeah so I gave you so much hope I also would say that talking with people that had been through it was really Mm -hmm. helpful yeah some things you go through if you talk with someone that has not gone through it it's just it's helpful in a way yeah but um when you talk with somebody that's also suffered in the same way or Definitely. even even worse or mm-hmm. you know whatever when i say worse i mean maybe more you know in number and yeah just, yeah and i i know we can't compare pain but i'm just saying somebody that has had a level of of yeah. grief that you're that you know that re- you can relate with yeah it doesn't capacity. just have empathy but has sympathy yes. because they they have experienced it and they they actually say 
I know what that feels like. Yes. It's very validating. Oh, and is. and that's, I mean, that that's why we need community, no matter what we go through. Absolutely. Yes, we need somebody who has a capacity for pain that has gone through hard things that can, that can, you know, I, I, when you walk through anything hard, you can have sympathy and empathy for somebody who's walked through something hard. Yeah. But when there's a similarity of what you've experienced, yes. it's like, oh my gosh, you get it too. Exactly. Yeah. And I think somebody that's walked through what you're going through is probably less likely to say things that they that can be yes. somewhat hurtful. They don't. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. don't mean to. But mm-hmm. you know, I did hear things from people like, "Well, you're gonna have another baby," and yeah. and I, you know, that's not what you want to hear yeah. at that moment because nobody can replace the baby that no. you lost. Um, and so it's just, and I know they mean well. Right? Yeah, but yeah. but you would never hear that from someone who walked that path. Yeah. So you just. You know, I just remember being on the phone hours and hours with mm. Mary Jo. She mm-hmm. lost twins. Mm. You know, and that's five, one of your best friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, at five months along, oh, I mean, man. we're talking, and she was right there with me. Yeah. Um, kind of coaching me through my pain mm-hmm. and and pointing me to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, it's powerful to have, to have somebody who understands. Yeah. Yeah, and then the interesting thing I remember what happened is I would a few weeks would go by or whatever, and I would feel like okay, I think I think mm-hmm. I put that behind me. I think mm-hmm. I'm good, and then whoa, another wave. Yeah, it's just even deeper, and yeah. that went on for a few months. I would say mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then you know there was some so such a sweet person who sent me flowers, Aww. and then remembered the baby's due date and sent me flowers on the baby's due date I am telling you yeah I think she did that actually for a few years after that that is so so sweet and I kept that in my heart for a long time and now uh, 25 years later I can't recall maybe it will come to me but you remember how that made you feel and you remember that that was influential but that is that is so beautiful I love that there were people that in your life that that did understand and that could that could help and coach you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you had the second one, how was that in? You know, you'd been through it before. Yeah. In a different way, and um, was that was it? Did it bring up the pain of that other the other baby you lost? Probably was it, a little bit. Mm-hmm. This one was like really physically. Yeah. Um, very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I, I, yeah, I won't go into the details yeah. on that, but um, it just like eclipsed yeah. the other experience because of the physical pain and mm-hmm. the um, physical, just what I went through yeah, uh, in my absolutely. body. Um, it was really very, very hard. Yeah. And you're further and, along at that time, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, that's a traumatic, physical traumatic experience. It was. It was. I, yeah. My name is Jess. My husband and I experienced our first miscarriage um, January 2018, and it completely blindsided us. We weren't expecting it at all. I mean, I'm sure that's true of anyone who's had a miscarriage, but um, we had a very um, healthy and normal pregnancy with our first um, child. And everyone always tells you that um, uh, your rate of miscarriage is higher with your first. Um, So I think we just weren't expecting it at all. So we had our first miscarriage in January, 2018, um, and then went on to have two more miscarriages um, that same year. So we had three miscarriages total. Um, between January and September 2018. Um, and that time was just so incredibly difficult um, to navigate and to understand what was going on with my body and to just um, experience that all together. Um, like I said, we had um, our daughter was born in 2016 and she um, was about... 14 months at the time, 15 months. Um, 
And so having her um, really did give us a lot of hope that we would be able to have more children, but it also created a really complicated layer as um, we sometimes received comments from people that would be like, well, at least you have a child already. Um, And I think that made me feel almost selfish for wanting to have more children after we already had our first, um, which was a really hard and confusing thing to feel. Um, we just always imagined our family being more than one child. So we really wanted to have more children, um, as complicated as it seemed the second go around second, third, fourth pregnancies that followed. I just remember feeling during that time at a loss for what God was doing during that time. Um, but I, uh, was a first grade teacher at that time. And I remember reading from the Jesus storybook Bible to my students, um, the story, um, I believe it's called the, the terrible lie in the Jesus storybook Bible. And, um, it's the story when, um, Adam and Eve sin and are then, um, asked to leave the garden. And, um, the way that the author Sally Lloyd Jones writes it, she says that God, um, grieved it in his heart and he wept and he felt, um, sorrow for what had happened. And, um, he said, um, it wasn't meant to be this way. God was sharing with me in that moment that, um, I, didn't have to know the answers. I didn't have to know why I was having these miscarriages, why my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to be doing. And it was okay to feel confused because um, it wasn't supposed to be this way. And I felt great comfort in knowing that, um, that God also grieved this loss, that um, he grieved the sin that brought this loss and um, the sin of the world and that he never wanted his children to experience miscarriage or death or um, sorrow. That just wasn't his plan for us. And so I just felt God sharing that to me in those moments. Um, And I still feel that when I think about that today, like I still feel that truth that God put on my heart. During that time, I found it to be so helpful to share my story and to share with other people um, what was happening and what was going on. Um, I felt um, so privileged when other people had shared with me their miscarriage stories and it empowered me to share mine. Um, And because I shared our story, I feel like I was able to receive so much more support from people in in our life. Um, had I just been keeping it between my husband and I, I feel like, um, there is a temptation to want to hold that sorrow close and to not share it. Um, and so the few people that we were able to share it with were so supportive. I know, um, we had friends that would bring us a meal. I had a friend, um, bring a special candle that was just really sweet and so touching to, to me at the time. Um, and just friends, would reach out with texts or um, just phone calls, things that we could help, which really helped me process what was going on. And um, it really empowered me to feel like I wasn't alone. I remember a friend who also had a miscarriage really close to me shared a note with me once that just said, um, you are loved and you are not alone. And it was such a simple Um, message, but it just really, really touched me and made me feel so loved and so um, supported. And I've actually, I feel like I've shared that with friends now that have gone through similar things. Um, I feel like when you go through that, um, it can make you feel so alone. You see pregnancy announcements and you see your friends who are having these successful pregnancies and you can't and you just feel so alone. Um, And I think that's just what the enemy wants you to feel. He wants you to feel like um, nobody understands you and you're alone and and that's just not true. And the more that we can share our stories, um, the more that we can um, 
feel that support and that love. And so I think that's what I would like to say to others that might be experiencing this, that you are just loved and you aren't alone. Um, it's a really crummy club to be a part of, but there's so many of us that have walked through it um, that we would love to be able to support you and um, to lift you up and help you feel supported during that time. I have just been so incredibly grateful for those who have been willing to open up to me and share with me um, their stories of having miscarriages. And um, I feel like the more that we can share our stories, the more that we are able to heal and process and um, even grieve together. Um, So thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. Um, I hope that um, it blesses you as it has blessed me to share my story. So, so in this, um, you talked a little bit about what was helpful for you. Um, what did you, what do you wish you knew before you went through it? What do you wish you knew? Like looking back now, I would say, um, I'm going to cry. I guess I would say the joy set before me. You know, like mm. the suffering was hard, but just the joy of our family and mm. <laughs> what God gave me at the end of that, you know, was was another baby. And I never looked at that baby or you as mm. like a replacement or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. but again, what I what I always said to um, to Michael was. And I, I'm sure I said it to you, like I said yesterday, but um, I remember it more clearly with Michael that um, when you know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. and and I never ever would ever say that God took that baby, yeah, yeah. because he, he didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't. Just, just stuff happens in this yeah. world, and he's yeah, he is sovereign, but. He also allows suffering, and mm-hmm. ha- suffering happens. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but the joy set before me was having Michael and you. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not saying you're a consolation prize no. or something. <laughs> <laughs> not at, at all. all. It's just that God, like Dad says, God never gives you a plan B. He creates a new plan A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine life without you, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never apologize for tears, please. Mm-hmm. And certainly not on my podcast. No one is allowed to apologize for tears. You know what's really interesting is um, I was singing at a nursing home once, sort of senior center, and mm-hmm. I was praying about what songs to do, and, and I really felt like I was supposed to add in my song called Another Place. Mm-hmm. A better place. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I've named it. It's a better place. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, these people are in their 80s and 90s. You know, mm-hmm. do they want? They're not in that season yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. right? I I put it in there, and a couple, you know, I'm sure they were in their 80s. They came up with tears afterwards Aww. and remembered their story of their miscarriage. Wow! And they were so touched. And so, you know, as long as we're on the earth, we yeah. honor those sweet lives that we could never hold on this side of the planet, Mm -hmm. but that we will someday. It just speaks to how valuable life is. Yeah. How how sweet, what a gift Mm. each and every life is. So, yeah. That's so beautiful, Mom. Mm. What did you learn about the Lord through this experience? He was just so real. I mean, he just crawled into bed with me and Mm-hmm. was cozy with me and my pain yeah yeah I remember being in bed and for quite a while because it really took a toll on me physically mm-hmm. I don't know not weeks but you know days after and I just I, I remember journaling I remember I I don't remember anything specific at this point it'd be fun to dig up those journals with yeah you, if I could yeah find them in my archives I just remember him being so close and the word of God being very poignant very mm just so applicable to the situation yeah. I was in. Yeah. I didn't feel abandoned by him at all. Yeah. Um, he wept with me. Mm-hmm. Kept my tears. 
Yeah. Oh, he certainly does that. Yeah, that's such a such a powerful moment when we have those those times with the Lord where he's just with us in our pain and he's he's not pushing us along or saying, "Oh, just buck up." Right, you know, he's right. he's so validating of our he experience is, and is. our grief. And and he's sad too. He's weeping too. I mean, you you see the in you know, the story of Lazarus when he's actually he's just he's present with Mary and Martha in their pain oh, and yeah. he he weeps himself. Yes. Before yes. he raises Lazarus right. from the dead. And um and I mean that I I experienced that when I was going through my divorce, just how validating he is in his presence in the pain. Um, and so I'm so glad you had that experience mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. I, I pray that that other people do too when Amen. they have an, an understanding of who the Lord is. That He yeah. didn't take this baby, or no. He didn't He didn't cause this to happen. You know, our bodies are being redeemed. They're right. we're, we're we live on this earth, and we. There is loss and destruction, and the enemy does do that. And so it's just, man, it's just hard to reconcile those things sometimes. But, but what isn't hard is that Jesus is there. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful that you had that experience with him in those moments, Mom. Thank you, honey. Um, and yeah, what, what would you say to those women listening to this that have experienced miscarriage what would you say to them I'm gonna say hang on because you're gonna see those babies again just stay close to Jesus Mm. and that's real I mean life goes fast right I mean yeah how old am I 61 how old are you um (laughs) (laughs) no I didn't know how old you are yeah yeah I guess I did too but um life goes fast and Mm. heaven is a sweet place to think about when yeah. you have a little gift waiting for you up there. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to go early. I want to yeah. finish the race. But yeah. um, but uh, think about the things of heaven, Paul hmm. said. And the things of heaven are those little ones. Yeah. I believe, you know, people can call me crazy, but I don't care. <laughs> I believe that they're waiting for me. You're not crazy. <laughs> no, no. If people are listening to this podcast, they know they, yeah. they, <laughs> they don't know they don't believe that you're crazy <laughs> believing in heaven yeah. yeah yeah so I'm yeah the joy set before us is, mm. is a real thing and yeah. we can go through hard things for yeah. the joy set before us as Jesus did and I guess one other thing I would say would be um that this is a little different than that question I guess but um it's, it's really good to have people that will sit with you in your pain. Mm-hmm. I know that I, like I didn't go through a divorce, so I, mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize exactly what you went through. Yeah. And it's, it's, sometimes you can be around people that want to sing cheerful songs. I just read this from Proverbs the other day, and mm-hmm. I thought about myself and how I wanted to cheer you up when yeah. you were going through divorce. And it, that's a that's a really it's like nails on a chalkboard mm-hmm. to somebody whose heart is hurting, and so I guess the encouragement would be to be around people that understand it, you just don't need to be cheered up right at that mm. moment. That will come, but yeah. to sit with you in the pain and that that's a proverb. Mm. I, I don't remember where it is, but I read it couple, like maybe a week ago. Um, singing cheerful songs to somebody that's sad. I, I know just, what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's just like yeah. nails on a chalkboard. You yeah. know, it just doesn't work. Yep. You because it's and, not received. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, in the garden, he said, "My heart is crushed to the point yes. of death." Yeah. He so he will sit with us. He understands. Yeah. I mean, he he understands what it's like to be mm-hmm. really devastated and yeah, really hurt. Does. And sitting with him is really safe. He's not going to just say, "Buck up." Or, right, you know, right. um, get it together, pull your socks up, mm-hmm. things will get better. I mean, he, he will encourage us, but he'll also synchronize his heart with ours first. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. And that's the, that's the song you wrote is, is, is sitting in the pain too. Like, oh, yeah. like all of the things that you, you wanted to do and that you dreamed of, like you said, when you when you see those two lions on that test, your life is changed, yes. and you begin to project this life 
or your life with this life, with this life that's in you. And so then when it's permanent, it is. Yeah. And then, and, and so you're dreaming, you're not just dreaming, but you're planning and it's all there. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, everything's laid out. And so then when that's taken, those dreams are crushed. Yeah. And so that's the Lord that he, he sits with us in our pain and, and not, not pushing us along. And I, yeah, that, that really is a part of that song that it's the sadness, but also the hope. Yeah. You know, and those are like, they're not, it's not a Pollyanna kind of hope. This is a, I mean, a deep, um, inside us hope that's only available through the Lord. My name is Carissa Cry, and my story of loss is um, in October of 2017. My husband and I found the amazing news that we were pregnant, and just 11 and a half weeks later, on December 17th, 2017, we had a miscarriage um, of our first child. And um, some of the ways God met me in my grief was through the word. Um, I remember one specific day, even standing in the shower, just crying in anger, honestly. Um, like, why did this happen? I, I'm just, I'm just angry at the loss and at the grief and at the confusion of the whole situation. And I remember the Lord speaking so clearly, hold on to hope. And I went to the scripture and looked up just about every verse I could find on hope and what that looked like. And hope is the assurance of things not seen. Um, and I just began to lean into the Lord through, um, through that process of learning about hope and what it looked like. And there was even a verse in scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And for a long time, I, um, I mean, I've always considered the word of God to be infallible, you know, but I think when we learn more about the word of God and that at some point, some parts of it are not the voice of Jesus, but the voice of humans. And that specific verse is from a human perspective. You know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And walking through not only the, the loss of our child and the grief that came with that, but also the waiting for another child has been a, a grief in, and a loss in its own. And so um, that hope deferred really had made my heart sick in you know, we had gotten pregnant so quickly with our first, and then um, we are now four years into this journey of waiting for a second. And without any health complications or things the doctors have said, you know, would prevent us from, there's nothing like that. And so it's just a mystery of time and of the Lord and just our, our bodies and all of the things. But that hope deferred making the heart sick is a human perspective. And I love that even though we walk through emotional things and things that are very real to our human nature, we also have the Spirit of God living inside of us that gives us a hope beyond that sickness, you know, beyond that tangible human feeling of hope deferred making us sick. We can trust that Jesus gives us a hope that that gives us life, that gives us joy, that gives us hope. I know that's a funny way to say, but it, it gives us hope. He gives us hope because he is good all the time. And so walking through that loss and that grief, um, part of my hope is not just, you know, in the goodness of Jesus, but in knowing that he didn't cause it, knowing that Jesus came, that we would have life and have it to the fullest. And I don't believe that a miscarriage is life to the fullest. Um, I do believe the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's how certain things of this world come to be and come to pass is the devil working his way. Although we do walk on the resurrection side of the cross and in the new covenant, there are still trials of this world. We know that from scripture, but we also know that Jesus overcame and we have that hope in him and we can overcome the the losses and the pain and the grief and the misunderstanding and the questions in our lives we are always able to overcome because of the hope that we have in Jesus i guess some things that i wish i knew before i went through a miscarriage were just that other people had gone through it i mean yes i've had sisters and and my mom and people i've known that have had a miscarriage 
Um, but I think this, it's not something that's commonly talked about. It's not something, especially, you know, in two decades ago, a decade ago, that people were not open about, that people were not um, sharing their stories in an open way. I think maybe in the last 10 years or less have people become more and more vulnerable in sharing their stories of miscarriage and loss of a child, especially. And um, just that camaraderie of, I'm not alone in this and it's not my fault. I think oftentimes as someone who's gone through a miscarriage and, and I don't believe I'm the only one in this, but I think oftentimes we can think it's my fault. I did something wrong. And even for me, I know that I got food poisoning just before our miscarriage. And so even walking through that in and of itself, realizing like I did nothing to provoke this and could have done nothing to prevent it. Um, And I think that that sometimes is a lie that the devil wants to hinder us from moving forward um, and to hold us in, in grief and shame. So that's one of the things I wish I knew before going through a miscarriage. Things that I have found most helpful, uh, not only is the word of God first and foremost, but having people remember my child has been a beautiful, helpful thing and not something I expect. You know, obviously I will remember my child forever and he has a name, Emmanuel, um, which we named him that because we knew that God was with us through the storm, through the process, through the trial. But things I have found helpful is the community of men and women who have come around our our family, um, my husband and I, to just show us love and reminders throughout the years that our our child, Emmanuel, has a name, that he has a day where the date that he went to heaven and the the due date that he would have been born is a special day for us as well. And so when other people remember him and remember those dates or even the months around those dates, I, it's so helpful and so encouraging to know that someone else remembered my child, even for the brief 11 weeks that he was in my womb. Um, grief is a process and not a destination, not something that we'll get over. You know, our child was a part of us and will always be a part of us and is a part of our story forever. And so grief isn't something that we just get over. It's something that we walk through and then a point in our journey that we will come back around to. If I could say, um, something to someone walking through loss or miscarriage, I would say that you are not alone, that this was not God's plan for you or your child, and that there is hope. There is joy amidst the grief. There is hope. Even when our circumstances don't change, there is still hope, and there is still life to be lived in the grief and in in the process of moving on with life. But most of all, you're not alone. All the things I would have said As I tucked you into bed All the prayers that I would pray Times we would have.